and live. Hello, welcome to the digital marketing podcast and video series where we talk about digital marketing strategies and tactics to help grow your business. I'm Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Super excited about the guest that I have on the show today, Dan Greenberg, founder and CEO of ShareThrough. And today's topic, what we're going to cover today, I think it's really fascinating. And, and I think a lot of you are going to find some great insight, some tips and tricks. But really what we're going to talk about today is how good brands in 2021 will learn to be straightforward and human. Dan, welcome to the show. Let's dive in. I love it. I love the intro. Right on point. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we, before we got on air, we were talking a little bit about share through and, and who you, who you guys are and, and what this really means. So tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and share through and, and what you guys are going through. Sure. Uh, cut me off too, if I ramble, cause I'm excited to talk about this stuff. Uh, quick intro here, started this company 12 years ago now, which is a little bit insane given that we're venture-backed startup, you know, Silicon Valley Bay Area based. Uh, in some ways, our story matches the like archetypal hero story of Silicon Valley. I started out of Stanford. I got to drop out of Stanford to start this company. Though I, I graduated undergrad, I started a master's program and dropped out of the, the master's program. Uh, and just kind of from a, a seed, the company grew and grew and it's evolved over the years and we've uh, evolved I would say what we do, but the underlying problem and the underlying, uh, sort of, I guess, probably a problem statement that we really got married to when we started the company has been pretty consistent all the way through. So, which is pretty insane to think that over 12 years we've been married to the same problem, which is how do you make advertising more human? How do you build an internet so that advertising is not something that's on the periphery, taking over a page, overlaying that bottom part you know, of the mobile browser where you can't click the X and it gets in the way. How do you make it so that ads still fund the internet, but in a way that's sustainable and human-centric and empathetic to the page, empathetic to the user? Uh, maybe ads won't be you know, 100% always your best friend, you know, this welcome guest to the page, but at least it should be considered something that's meant to be there, that doesn't get in the way that delivers on its promise, which is driving comprehension, and driving you know, some sort of brand engagement, um, and ultimately helps fund journalism. You know, I think that's what like a lot of this whole, all comes down to. Um, and so speaking of someone like you too, who's like creating content for the internet, it is funded mostly by advertising. You know, there's some people who pay for the news and there's some people who pay for content, but it's actually pretty few and far between. The world we live in, sure, we pay for Netflix and we pay for uh, a New York Times subscription, and I even pay for the New York Times crossword puzzle. But most people in the country and most people in the world are not paying for the news and are not paying for journalism and are expecting it to be free on the internet. Uh, and it, it should be free. It is free. It's in some ways like public good. It obviously is a business model, but it's, it's so important to just humanity's uh, uh, shared experience today. Probably now, like in some ways, more than ever. But the internet. Uh, at large, is definitely at a, a crossroads right now. You know, that model of advertising where you could put an ad in the corner and then just say, cool, we're going to you know, ring the cash register every time this random ad in the corner of the page you know, pops up, fine. But that doesn't really work as well anymore. And so we're trying to build a model 
so that the ad formats can be just as native, just as integrated, just as human, uh, just as performant as they are on Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest or you know, Instagram or any of the platforms that we're used to these days who would never run a banner. You know, you would never see a banner ad on Facebook. You'd never see a banner ad on Instagram. You're never going to be scrolling through Twitter and see like a full page takeover where you're looking to find the X on the page. It's always going to be integrated. And so we're trying to bring that same notion to the rest of the web. What ShareThrough is today is a programmatic ads platform. And if you're in programmatic land, we're on ad exchange. We're probably a top 10 independent ad exchange, maybe top 15 independent ad exchange, but anchored in this concept that ads should be designed for humans. They should be designed for comprehension. Uh, a lot of ads are designed for spreadsheets where maybe they show up on the page on the spreadsheet and they perform in theory on paper. But when you really just squint at it and say like, look, this ad is on the page on the top and this video playing in the corner and there's another ad overlay in that video. Sure, all three of those ads rendered to the page and the spreadsheet's gonna say, cool, they all rendered to the page. But in terms of the actual human who's looking at the site, that is not a good ad experience. So we're trying to design a, an ad exchange, programmatic ads ecosystem, so that any buyer who says, I wanna run video, banners, native, content-based ads, can know that by targeting ShareThrough as a supply source inside of any DSP, DB360, Trade Desk, Xander, you name it, uh, that it's a safe path and it's a performant path and then ultimately they add that the human sees will just be, will just fit in better. It'll just perform better. It'll fit in. It'll be natural. Uh, and so that's the whole ethos of the company is around trying to find ways to fund journalism and fund an open and free internet using a sustainable ad model uh, that's anchored around the principles of native advertising. Dan, I love that. I couldn't agree more with your sentiments and, and the core ethos of share through in creating an internet that allows users and allows us as, as humans navigating the internet and, and being able to consume the content that we're looking for and not be disrupted or distracted by spreadsheet targeted ads. I love that. That is, that is just fantastic. So if, if I am a, you know, if I'm an in-house director of marketing or if I'm the you know owner of, of the company or president of the company and I'm trying to think about you know it, it almost sounds altruistic to be you know a good brand on the web like at the end of the day I'm trying to increase profits I'm trying to streamline uh, efficiencies to uh, you know it, it really does boil down quite a bit to, to, to the bottom line and profitability. So to be a good brand, let's let's take a minute and unpack that when it comes to, you know, creative or when it comes to, you know, anything that you just feel like can can paint that picture that's relevant in a world that, yes, I want to be a good brand, but I also want to make money and I want to be profitable. Yeah, yeah I think they're tied to each other at the hip. Uh, to me, the idea of being a good brand means serving ads in a way that when the actual person sees it on the page, they comprehend what you've meant. Meaning it's not like some blurry thing in the corner or it's not just a picture of a face and a button that says click here, buy now, whatever. But if you're running an ad campaign and the, the user doesn't comprehend what you're even talking about, what was the point? You know, it's tree falls in a forest. You can serve ads to the page all day. 
And unless you're Nike and all you need is a picture of LeBron James with the Nike logo and that tells the whole story, or unless you're Geico and like you don't need to tell a story, you just put the Geico lizard there and everyone knows 15% of your car insurance, fine. Unless you're like such a well-known brand that you don't need to have anyone comprehend your meaning. I would say that the core purpose of almost all advertising is for someone to read and process meaning, not just see some images and buttons, but actually to read text, to process meaning, if it's a video, to like really watch it with the sound on, which is very difficult these days. And so even video comes down to reading. So read text, process meaning, understand what you're saying. Uh, whether whether you're deemed good or not in their mind is in the eye of the beholder. You know, is that an interesting value proposition? Is that something I want? Is that something I'm curious about You know, to learn more about? Is that a product I've been looking to buy? You know, fine. Sometimes not. Sometimes yes. And you don't need to be perfect on that. But I would say if you're serving ads that you would never post to Facebook, don't put it in an ad. Mm. Meaning like if you're going to, if you have fans on Facebook who are following your page and you go to your social media manager and say, Hey, here's my ad. It's this, you know, it's this ad, whatever. Get a pen and draw on it, but here's an ad. Can you post this to our Facebook page? And that social media manager says, wait, what? I'm never going to post that to our Facebook page. You're probably doing something wrong. Mm. If, if the Facebook social media manager says, do not get that even close to our customers because our customers will throw up on this. Why would you try to use this to recruit new customers? Uh, similarly, like if you would never email it to a customer, don't put it in an ad. It needs to be respectful, real, human, straightforward. Uh, just something that like you're not embarrassed to post to your fans and followers. If you're going to try to recruit new people to your company, meaning new customers, new leads, new prospects, Put your best foot forward, uh, and that best foot, like obviously, it should be something that you're willing to share with your your best customers today. So it's not about only doing social, but I think social is a nice little like gut check. If you go to Facebook, even like take the words off your banner. You're running a banner. There's some words on it, and you're about to take those words out and post them to Facebook. You're gonna have a hard time clicking post on that because you're gonna say, of course, I wouldn't post it to Facebook. So if I wasn't going to post it to Facebook, why would I pay money just to have this distributed across the internet? Yeah, I, I, I on this concept of just being human and straightforward. Uh, yeah, I think those are two words that you started with. And to me, they're so important. It's easy to get lost. It's easy for a brand to get lost in optimizations and CPAs and CPCs and CTRs and you know, CPMs, all the metrics of, of marketing. But I would say that the most important thing, again, is comprehension. You need someone to comprehend your ad. Or if you, if you want someone to do something, you need them to comprehend it first. And my you know, advice, there's probably lots of advice here, but my advice is either to go big or go real. So if you can afford to go big, the internet loves big. The internet loves stunts. The internet loves uh, you know, a bunch of celebrities getting together and doing something funny. The internet loves like a big you know, millions of dollars giveaway of something. Like go big, great. But if you can't go big, I'd say go real, meaning like be cheeky if you, cheeky is real for you. Create content if content is real. You know, like if, I'm looking at some examples here, but like Glossier, the makeup company is just like creating advice videos. Here's advice and content for how to do your makeup. It's not big. It's just real. It's just small, concrete, real. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of brands on Twitter like Wendy's and brands like that that are always really funny and cheeky. and not going big, they're just being real with their, their followers and fans. Uh, 
we had a fun example last year. This is actually a fun one to look back at because it's like a pre-corona, pre-COVID memory. We're glad the uh, trash bag company, tr- trash bag company, glad who makes those you know, big black trash bags forever has been saying our bags don't break. Our bags are just the sturdiest, best bat bags. They'll never break. You, know, you can throw whatever you want in them and throw them around and they're just not going to break. It's not going to get liquid all over your trash can. It's not going to drip as it comes out of your house. Uh, and so they're like real version of, of making that point. I guess it was in the spectrum of going big, but really it wasn't a big thing. They took the bags, they put a bunch of uh, clothes and items and essentially used them as luggage, like took them to the airport. And instead of having luggage, you know, somebody's luggage was just two glad, you know, big black bags. Right. Crap. Yeah. Took them to the airport, put them through the security line, you know, just took a video of it along the way. <laughs> no, not like high production value. Right. Put them on the plane, had, you know, watched from afar. <laughs> put down the runway, down that little conveyor belt, into yeah. the belly of the plane, bounced around on a plate, popped back out, back out the little conveyor belt, and lo and behold, you know, they didn't break. That's not big. I mean, it feels kind of big because it's fun. But, like, this was real. That's just, like, it probably took a few people doing that. It obviously had an agency behind it. But maybe that's, as a, as a challenger-type brand, that's maybe on the bigger end of the spectrum. But even that's not, like, some big, huge stunt. You know, it's not like, if you remember... Uh, Red Bull and GoPro sent that dude up into space and had him do like a 50,000 foot parachute jump or something out of a you know, space rocket. Like that's big. People love that stuff. But obviously most brands can't do anything even near that. Yeah. So I just boil it and be like, whatever is true to you, just be straightforward, be real with it. Yeah, that trash bag one's kind of a perfect example because it didn't like dance around. It's not like, oh, I'm glad trash bags is a family brand that I love and I love their ethos and they're, you know, they're friendly. They're saying, no, we have tough trash bags. That's the straightforward headline. That's a straightforward takeaway. Our trash bags are tough. Like that's the, if you boil the whole thing down, it needs to be to like a specific truth, not like a general brand message. Well, it, it speaks directly to, we all can relate as humans to, to travel, carrying our stuff, going through that experience of the conveyor belt and TSA check-ins and that, you know, that, that's a great story. So what about this? So so now here we are and, and we're thinking about being a good brand and we're thinking about connecting and meaningful, whether we go big or whether we go, you know, human and, and relevant and, and trying to relate. How do we amplify this? How do we amplify what we're trying to do? Uh, well, this is definitely self-serving, but more so because I truly believe it, that if you're looking to amplify any sort of brand message like this with advertising, Native is the best ad format for brands who believe in this. Brands who want to be human, brands who want to serve as the pages that fit in. Native as a format, native advertising, native display, native video is the best best ad format. It's what we do, and obviously uh, we're tied to it because I actually coined the phrase native advertising way back when in like 2011-12. It's expanded into this huge industry around us. Google has a multi-billion dollar native ads business now. Facebook uh, is all native ads. Twitter is all native ads. And so we didn't invent the concept of making ads fit in, but really coined it and popularized the the energy around this ecosystem and the standardizations around the ecosystem. So a native ad, if that's a new phrase to you, native ad means an ad that follows the form and function of the page, not a foreign object that's been placed afterwards. So it's an ad like from 
somebody was like born out of the form factor of the page on Twitter. If you were to go 20 years ago, the ad format on Twitter would have been a banner, a big sticky banner that bounces around the page. Even Facebook actually back in like 2009, the Facebook ads weren't integrated newsfeed ads. Facebook ads were like leaderboard mm -hmm. banners in the corners. Now right. before the newsfeed and before Facebook became a big real company. Uh, but if you look now, any new platform born in the age of 2020 isn't even talking about banners, let alone would ever allow a banner to pop on their page. You'll never see a banner on Instagram. You'll never see a banner on Pinterest, on Twitter, uh, Google. Similarly, like Google homepage, Google search ads are truly native. You'll never see a banner pop up in the corner of google.com homepage. So I would just say for brands who are trying to, to reach people with comprehensible messages, where the goal is to get them to read it. A native ad is an ad that fits into rollingstone.com, cnn.com, you know, sports.com, cnet, etc. you know, magazines, publishers, newspapers, you know, blogs, etc. Uh, but ads that that are readable, that match the form factor of the site, that have an image, have a headline, have a description, you know, have the brand name promoted by Coca-Cola, sponsored by Glad the brand logo, some other component parts. And what we did is standardize that format so that you as an advertiser don't need to create you know, a thousand different versions of the ad. You as the advertiser using whatever system you use to buy ads, uploads an image, uploads a headline, uploads a description, uploads your brand name, brand logo, some tracking tags so you can track impressions and clicks, and then runs that. And then the actual site is what defines what the ads look like. So that the site takes the headline, the thumbnail, the description, and if it's a vertically oriented site, it makes it fit into the vertical feed. If it's a big desktop page, it's being served on, it makes it you know, fit into the, the desktop feed. If it's being served to a content page, then it takes the form factor of the content and you know, matches the fonts, matches the layouts, you know, matches whatever it needs to match. So it feels like sort of the, the right form factor for the site. Uh, so these are, I would say these are ads that respect the page. Uh, and the phrase that I use sometimes is that they're ads that stand out by fitting in. So instead of an ad that like takes over the page to stand out and says, here I am, I'm an ad, come find my X button. These are ads that say, I'm here quietly, and I stand out because as I just scroll through the page, your brain just in some ways can't help but read it. By the time you read the headline that says, uh, Glad subjects its trash bags to the you know, TSA airport security tests, and watch what happens. By the time you've read that and you're like, uh, oh, not interested, you already kind of have it in your head that like, oh, Glad Trash Bags did something fun and Glad Trash Bags are durable. I'm not interested in that today, so I'll move on. But by the time I'm moving on, it's already in my head. You know, it's already sort of fit into my head. Uh, it's already stood out by fitting in. So what is your thought? I, I really feel like something that we've seen in as far as a, a, a successful trend in being able to amplify is sort of flipping this idea. A lot of advertisers have a very linear creative concept, meaning I'm gonna take this single piece of creative and I'm gonna put a large budget behind it and try to put it all over everything, linear, digital, programmatic, you know, all, all of my resources. And, and what ends up happening is you basically are serving vanilla when there's so many people out there who have all these different flavor choices. So when we talk about Amplify, 
how do you feel about you know creating a a a contextual creative that has messages for several different points and then targeting it and and placing it you know in that right very segmented and and subject oriented i feel like that that really says to me i respect you as an audience to the point that i'm going to craft and and shape a very specific message that is directed specifically at your emotional or you know whatever that that trigger point is that i know that will will bring you in because i i respect you and i understand where you are and i've created a message that speaks directly to that um do you feel like that that strategy is is something that should be considered um or it's just a, a nice I think what you're describing is really sophisticated and for the brands who can do that, amen. If you can come up with multiple formats of your, your creative or multiple formats of your message that makes sense for a lot of different targets and you can deliver them to the right people in that, you know, the right cohorts of, of customer groups, amen, that, that is for sure the best. And that's what the biggest brands in the world do for sure. I'm not sure exactly who audience is here, but I'd say that that's not necessary. What's in my mind necessary is for you to be true to yourself more than the brand being or adapting to the user. I think the brand needs to be true to itself and the brand needs to say, look, what did I do? Um, in some ways, I almost think about it like news. Like if the brand was gonna do, uh, put out an article about something they did, a press release, we did something. Uh, not every ad campaign 100% fits that, but I, I bet if you press on it and you say like, what's the news that I'm trying to tell here? You know, what's the, take my brand and make that the first word. So I don't know what my brand, but we can just keep going with glad trash bags. Like the first word in the sentence should probably be your brand. Brand does something. Brand makes something. Brand releases something. Brand changes something. Uh, brand teaches something. Like the, that should be the form factor. So whatever is true to the brand, think about it like news. And like the news, the news doesn't adapt to different truths based on who it's talking to. Actually, I guess it kind of does in this day and age. <laughs> uh, truth is maybe subjective or whatever was said three years ago. Truth right. in the island holder or something. Right. Uh, but I think for a brand, it's more about just being true to yourself and saying, hey, what, what are we releasing? What are we changing? What are we launching? What are we doing? Let's say that. Let's boil it down. And if it, it ends up being just one single straightforward sentence that you're trying to say, uh, I'm wearing Birkenstocks today. So Birkenstocks launches uh, a new line for kids. You don't need to come up with a million different permutations of that. That's the, the, the truth of it. Birkenstock launches a new line of, of sandals for, for infants. Great. You can dress that up in different ways and like make it a little bit more fun. But I wouldn't lose that fact that Birkenstocks launched a new line of sandals for kids. If all of a sudden people are looking at your ads and they're like, what is this? These are happy babies rolling around in the sand. And, no other babies. <laughs> and okay, now I'm going to move on to the next thing. Right. I never got the point that Birkenstock, the brand, launched new sandals for kids. What was the point? Right. So what what are the the, the really the the tips and tricks that, that you've learned on specifically your sort of niche of, of what you guys are doing at Share Through? What, what do you feel like are these sort of modern day tips and tricks that brands need to be aware of. So we talked about uh, overarchingly being human straightforward. And I guess you could call that a tip and a trick. 
because uh, a lot of brands forget that. I would just say if you take anything away from this episode today, it's that like think about the ways that your brands mean or can be human, can be straightforward, uh, and in ways that or if there are ways that your brand is not being straightforward, just think twice before you put a bunch of budget behind something that's esoteric or unclear or just incomprehensible. Uh, two is as you then try to amplify that and put money behind that sort of human straightforward message, I would argue that native is the best format for that. Native on Facebook, native on Twitter, native on uh, Instagram, native on Pinterest if it's product driven, native on share through and elsewhere if it's news driven or content driven like an article or a blog post or a, a headline or a story. Uh, and that, that gets brings me to the third point, which is how to actually buy that. So if you've said, yep, yeah, I have content, I have a message that's straightforward and human, I'm, I'm down with the idea of running native ads. It makes sense to me to run native ads to promote this. How do I actually do that? For marketers who are programmatic marketers who know how to use DSP, Trade Desk, DB360, Media Math, Adobe, Verizon, Xander, and there's probably five others. If you have a DSP, I'd say learn about the native capability of that DSP because they all support native. Uh, any any major DSP supports native as a category. When you up upload your creatives, one of the choices is native. And then when you go to then target that creative across the web to a bunch of different supply sources, you can choose sites, but really you're choosing ad exchanges, share through and SpotX and OpenX and AdX and you know, you know, Rubicon, et cetera. There's a bunch of us. Uh, and so my advice, if I'm like double clicking down this path for programmatic marketers, the advice there is that if you're using a DSP to run ads in this day and age, there's a big opportunity right now for traders to take a little bit more control of where their spend is going and drive much higher performance without spending more money. Uh, so now we're talking like programmatic marketers who are using a DSP and know how to do like true programmatic marketing, which is not everybody and that's not for everybody. Some marketers are just doing social, Facebook, Google search, and that's enough. But if you're trying to run ads across you know, CNN, Rolling Stone, New York Times, you know, the internet, if you're trying to run ads on the normal .com internet, the best way to do that in this day and age is to use a DSP. Inside that DSP, the system will optimize on a bunch of vectors. So it'll optimize on audiences, on sites, on geos, time of day maybe. But one vector that it's not optimizing on is the supply path that you're taking to the ad. So it's not optimizing on, or not to the ad, to this site. Uh, if you're trying to get an ad on CNN, there's a bunch of paths that you can take to get to CNN. You can buy Google that will get you to CNN. You can buy ShareThrough that will get you to CNN. You can buy OpenX that will get you to CNN. But ultimately, it's the same user, the same site. But based on the path that you take to get there, it can get pretty circuitous. You, know, you can end up buying an ad exchange that buys another ad exchange, that buys an ad network, that buys a pub network that ultimately runs on a page. And there's a lot going on there, you know, a lot of like overlapping and latency and margin being taken out of the equation. But even more so, the supply path that you take can actually influence what the ad looks like, especially in this world where the ad adapts to the page. When you choose share through as a supply, supply path, you know that what we're doing is taking your ad and trying to as much as possible, kind of like gently tuck it into the page, make it fit in. Uh, nuzzle it up nicely to the other content, tuck it in, make sure it matches as much as possible and you know, leave it there for a user. There's other ad exchanges that are more just pipes where if you serve that same ad across those pipes, it'll just get slapped onto the page and probably won't 
more adapt as well as it could. And ultimately, that means that the human being user isn't going to see as much comprehension, as much performance, and you as a marketer won't see you know, as high CTRs, video completion rates, brand lift, et cetera, from one path versus another. So there's just a lot of opportunity inside the DSP to do what's called SPO, supply path optimization, which we could probably do a whole other episode on. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, which is just ways to optimize performance by biasing your spend to the highest performing exchanges, not letting the DSP kind of blindly bias the spend to the biggest ones. That is fantastic, Dan, man. You like you went so deep into that. That was really great. And you're right. We could probably do like a whole series, a three-part series of supply optimization. Um, so I, I really appreciate you taking a minute to kind of unpack that. And I'm going to kind of wrap up with one other little tri uh, little tactic that I think can be great is headlines. Headlines are really, really important. They're, they grab the attention. They they, they bring attention if they're really well done to that user. And you guys have an incredible tool that's free that anyone can go to. I love it. So headlines.sharethrough.com. Guys, gals, listen, this thing is great. We plugged it in. We were playing with it. I was amazed. I'm a marketer. I'm always trying to come up with great headlines. Dan just turned me on to my best new favorite tool for my blog posts for my podcast names for my video names for my email marketing subject headlines he just opened up the most amazing tool i hope you guys will use it dan this has been a really cool episode thank you so much for agreeing to come on to the show it has been a pleasure to have you today great thanks so much for the energy and enthusiasm too i love it you bet. Yeah, that tool is free for anyone. Headlines.jerthu.com. It's not even self-promotional. It's just a free tool. We launched the web with a bunch of data that we have. Um, and we were right at the beginning ripping on, what should we call this episode? And <laughs> you had an idea. And I said, well, let's plug 